my beautiful souls am i on it just doesn't sound like it to me you're on i can hear where you where is it i don't know which one's which yeah Hi. try it now now i can talk to you all <laughs> sorry everybody i don't know all the equipment yet um i am lady stars and fire i'm here with hill hippie and you are listening to otherland dreams so now that I've got my stuff all working out, <laughs> um, uh, we're going to be talking tonight about spirit guides, totem animals, power animals, familiars, and some other information that goes with all of that, as well as, you know, why they come, how long they come, are they meant to be with you forever, all of that good stuff, and, and why not. But before we do, I did have one good thing happen to me today. And what's that? Thank you. I had one good thing happen to me um, because I've said several times I like to use benzoin oil and I'm all about the oils. I use them for my health care. I use them for removing negative energy. I use them for so many different things. But I have a company that I've been buying this benzoin oil and I love it. It works awesome. It's the best, strongest stuff I've gotten, but the shit is sticky as crap. And so it was giving me a hard time, and Spirit was telling me to cut it with amber, and it worked. It worked perfectly. So now I'm not sticky anymore, and I'm happy about it. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I just was very oh, excited about that. So yay, and now I can use it the way I want to without having any issues. And I love it because I use it also as a perfume in general. I like the smell. So anyway, let me get on with what tonight is about. Tonight is about spirit animals. Um the different reasons why we have them. The first thing that you need to realize when you're dealing with receiving uh, spirit guidance, and I'm, I'm doing this directly from like an animal point of, point of view, because you can get guidance from many different things. I mean, you can get guidance from the earth itself. You can get guidance from angels, from different spirits in general. But today I'm just speaking about animals. I've kind of been well known. I always get go talk to the animal lady <laughs> basically I've I, I and and when people do that I'm not any better than anybody else I still have to google the information or ask them you know why why are you coming to me with this animal I mean is there, is there a reason for it is it in, in a journey in meditation w what is bringing you bring that to me because that may have something to do with why and the answers that I give so I've I just have a ridiculous amount of power animals and totems and spirit animals and so forth. But that's one of the reasons why I used to do um, an animal guidance every week and that's pretty much where it got known from. But one of the things you need to know when you're dealing with animals or any guides really, first off, you don't have the opportunity to choose them. It has absolutely nothing to do with what you want, point blank. There's a reason why they choose you and not you choose them because of the uh, medicine, so to speak, that they're bringing you, the guidance that they're bringing you. 
And if you just picked the animals that you liked, it wouldn't help you in any way, shape, or form. I like the wolf. I won't be a wolf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just because you like that idea does not mean that it's going to do anything for you outside of liking the animal. <laughs> and so anyway, um, there's a reason why it is. And you want to make sure you don't ever prejudge them. Because there are certain things, certain animals that are going to come to you and can have really, really important, valid information, but you may not, you know, like the idea of that animal. Um, and when I say animals, I had somebody give me shit about this before. I do mean anything that is considered to be what would have been of an animal thing. I mean, like fish or of the water, you know, I, I don't care. I, 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 what I mean by that is if a freaking cockroach comes to you and is giving you information... I'm looking at it as an animal guide. Uh, to just put it in a blanket term, fauna. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, is I've had so many people who will try to dissect it and be like, well, that's not technically an animal. Fauna. What does fauna mean? Anything that's not a plant. Okay, that'll work. Think of the kingdoms. The, there's the fungal kingdom, the floral kingdom, and the fauna kingdom. I love you to death with the stuff that comes out of your mouth that I just don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so exactly what he's saying. That is what I'm trying to get at. I mean, you can't choose your animals, and you don't want to prejudge them. Because by prejudging them, you're automatically not honoring them and kind of giving them, like, your nose up in the air to them. It, and when you're dealing with spirit in general, whether it's animal spirits or anything, they have a really big thing for gratitude and for honoring them. And the more you're in synchronicity with that, and the more you honor them, and the more you have gratitude for them, the more you'll start to find that they'll come into your life. Think about it like a friendship. You know, if you're not nice and kind and, you know, thankful for having said friend, said friend's not going to come around anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're being treated like shit, why would you want to st stick around? Exactly. Ba basically. So before, like I said, I get into the spirit animals, uh, I mean, they come to you for messages. But they bring you messages, they bring you guidance, they bring you healing. This is the reasons why they come, typically, in general. Um, but they don't only come in dreams, meditation, and journeying. They can, obviously, and this is where most people would assume that they're going to get that information or that guidance, but that's not always the truth. When you're more in line with synchronicity in general, you'll also start to find them come to you in the physical world, in your actual reality. And what, I, what I'm saying is, is you can never assume that something that's in your everyday daily life is part of a guide that would be coming to you. So, like, if you have a pet, okay, like, for example, I have two cats. I can't use my two cats as medicine or guidance that spirit would be giving me. They're my pets. Mm -hmm. But if a raccoon popped up outside and I don't see raccoons every day, there might be a message there, basically. And it doesn't always have to be in the actual physical form either. I, 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 I tell people all the time, like, say you went to the grocery store today and you bought something different out of the ordinary for whatever reason. And, like, there's, you know, some kind of animal that's on the box of something that you bought. And then you're going down the road and you're driving down the road and a car pulls in front of you and that same animal is on like the back of a bumper sticker on the car. 
and then you're having a conversation with your friend, and they bring up, oh, blah, 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 and this animal. Now, this animal has gone out of its way three times. You've got to cut spirit a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if it was like a bear that was being given to you, and you're living in the city. You're not going to get a bear guidance in the freaking city. No, but I can speak from experience on that one. Well, yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> and go ahead. Because the one night I was just outside walking, it was a beautiful night. It wasn't hot. It wasn't sticky. And I happened to glance up at the sky, and illuminated by the moonlight was a cloud in the shape of a juvenile be uh, bear head. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was bear saying, hey, I'm here. I'm with you, buddy. Exactly. I mean, there are ways you've got, like I said, you got to cut spirit a little bit of a break. they got a big deal to try to do to go to, through what they got to go through to get to you. Especially, like I said, if you're in the city and that's not whatever the guidance that might be coming from spirit isn't of something that you would normally see or can't possibly see. There are ways for you to still realize it, but it's your responsibility. That's part of your awareness and your responsibility to spirit, once they've brought that connection to you, to actually look it up and find out what that guidance might be. And then again, of course, obviously be respectful, you know, and honor the fact that it went through what it went through to try to have that communication with you. Anyway, with all that being said, I see I have, I have a big thing where they do that with me a lot. That's one of the reasons why I bring that up. I have things will just pop up in front of me. I'm really quick with noticing the weird shit that pops up. And then I'm like, okay, well, I gotta freaking find out what this means, <laughs> more or less. Because I've seen it like five times in a row and this is ridiculous. So weird shit along that line. But anyway, you have spirit animals, your spirit guides in general. They come and go. And this is where most, most people kind of sort of misinterpret, you know, when they think they have a spirit guide, they think that that's their guide for always. And that's not necessarily the truth. And, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just looking at, I had a feeling to look and it was 10-10, so I was going into numbers in my head. Anyway, um, spirit guides come and go, and there's reason for that, because they present us with lessons of life that need to be learned. And if you have a spirit guide, that you, if, once you've learned that lesson, you don't need that guide anymore. Unless the guide has to pop up to remind you of what that lesson is because you forgot. I mean, it is a teacher. It's there to lend you lessons. It brings you messages of what it's already learned, what it's already screwed up on. And it's, you know, lending you that information. It's giving that you, it's giving you that unique ability and skills to learn from its mistakes. So it's it's giving you that way of helping you move forward in a more correct way than what you may be doing on your own. Do you have anything to say about that? No, I agree. Okay, and like I said, so you will have spirit guides. Okay, perfect example. I have a dragon as one of my guides. Well, my dragon is also my totem. But my totem is never going to go away. But the guide might okay let me not use dragon it's more like for me it would be wolf wolf has to do with things that i need to learn at specific times and he's gonna pop up but then i may not see him for a while and then all of a sudden he's like hey dumbass more or less he pops back up and reminds me of stuff so he's a guy that doesn't go away but he doesn't stay with me all the time he just pops up when i need him and they come and go again, like I said, 
and bring you, bring you the lessons in life that you need to learn at the time. The difference between a spirit animal guide and a totem animal or your power animal is the fact that a power animal is not going to go away. It does not leave you. It's a guardian, so to speak. Anything you want to say about that before I go any further? Keep going. <laughs> and, and more or less, what you're, the whole idea of the totem animal or the power animal, so to speak, is this is an animal that you call upon and you invoke. You invoke it. You're bringing its special powers, its special skills and instincts to you for protective energy. But it's not always just about protective energy, but it does come forth in areas of adversity. Mm. And you invoke it, but it may not just be that animal. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you only have one. That was what, well, more of what I was saying like when I say that I have a dragon as a guide. Because the dragon I will invoke. The wolf I will not. Mm-hmm. Okay? And mm. you can... You will invoke them, you will pull them into you, and you will be able to actually use those power skills, those survivor skills, those instincts and stuff. You'll be able to be more of like at one with that animal at the time. However, it may not be one animal. You may be getting, you know, like the whole species of it. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. When I was saying the other day that I was all of a sudden I had something going on with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That was what I had going on. I was invoking the energy of so many that I couldn't even keep up. So in different areas, or like for me, I when I do my healing work, I invoke the snake. Mm-hmm. But I don't invoke one snake. I invoke even, even my spirit guide of a snake. Well, I call them all guide, but it would be a power animal, which is a snake. Isn't a real snake when I see it. It's like a combination of three snakes is the way that I view it, which which just tells me, you know, you're picking up different parts of different abilities from different snakes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're necessarily only pulling in one. You can pull in, you know, like the whole family line of them. And that it brings to you that power and that, you know, the survival instincts. However... This is where I personally will tell you in my own experience from what I've learned through shamanism that when you think you have a totem animal or a power animal, because they seem to pop up for you, maybe in those meditations, maybe in those journeying and whatnot, but unless you're actually merging with it, you're not really truly connecting as strongly as you could. Mm. You're not really pulling or truly invoking the energy. And maybe, I, I think there are a lot of people who misunderstand what that invoking is. And they've never actually merged or even might be scared of the merge. So therefore, they haven't actually really truly started to pick up on those survival skills. It's more like, I've read it off of Google. I know what this is about. So I feel connected to it, but you're not feeling it. And this is one of those moves where shamans, you know, will do like an animal retrieval because what they're actually doing is, is they've gone back out to find the animals, the power animals, the guides, but especially with power animals, and they bring them back and they're actually more or less placing that energy back in you. 
And then you have to work with that energy of that animal to start to learn how to merge with it. So if you're not actually merging with it, you're, you're giving yourself a decoyed idea of connecting or, and invoking that power. Mm. You agree? Yeah. I'm just making sure that it's coming out of my mouth right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, it sounds like I'm just going around in circles. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my <laughs> exactly mouth? Exactly. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> That's pretty much how I felt. I was like, I'm just talking like as if I got marbles in my mouth. Anyway, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> But, I mean, because, and the reason I say that is it's such a profound feeling when you're invoking that spirit. It's so much, there's just so much more energy there. It's so much more distinct when you're actually pulling in that energy. And there's definitely no way that you are not going to know you are invoking it, if you understand. Because I remember, like with you, I don't think that you had first merged until after, like, we had started talking. Right. And why not? So I'm like, it's definitely, you know, a different different energy. And I would tell you, you know, if you do know that you have a power animal versus a spirit guide, you know, go in. You you obviously could go into meditation, you know, but if, if you remember from what we've spoken about, you know, like when we were talking about journeying, and you can take yourself to the lower world and get through that breakthrough energy and then go looking for the animal... The easiest way to start learning how to do that is to do it in a meditation, more or less, or in a journey of however it is you're viewing it, and ask the guide to start merging with you so you have an idea when it's in a safe environment mm-hmm. so that you can first start to learn what that feels like, and you, you get to actually see through their eyes. You get to see through their eyes. You get to feel what they feel. And like I said, it's such a much more profound idea than just reading some information off of Google and going, oh, well, this is what this guide is telling me. No, no, you're really not connecting yet. And there's a much more profound, much, much deeper connection there. But if you don't make that connection, then it might be more difficult for you to understand. Or if you get that connection for the first time and you have no clue what's going on when you have found out that it's a guide for you, but you haven't any skill or clue that you're actually about to invoke it, it could be quite frightening. I mean, don't you think? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, for me, for me, I get very, it becomes incredibly intense. I feel like my, the blood in my body just starts, you know, pumping faster. I kind of go into a trance in general. I know when my guides step, step into me, not my guides, but my power animals, they step into me, I kind of am like, to everybody else, I may just look like I'm going, because huh? I'm in such a trance. I'm in a zone, and I'm like, it's like they're observing life through my eyes, even though it kind of feels like it's the other way around. And for other people, that may actually feel, not feel, but for those people out there, there are people out there that they, they may feel scared that that would be more like an obsession. Like you're being obsessed. Uh, no, what is that the word? Obsession? Not obsession. What's the word? Possession. Yes, there you. Sorry, like a, like a possession, like something's taking over you, and that's what you. And, and I'm going through this into much more detail because you have to first understand that's your body. I don't care if you've allowed yourself to step into that next understanding of dealing with spirit, but you are you have the ability to kick spirit out of you. Mm. So if you're in if you're actually invoking spirit and it's, you know, is freaking you out, 
then you have the ability to be like, I said, no, man, I'm not, I'm not having this shit get out. I mean, at least until you learn how to have a better connection, a better communication with them to where you're not feeling uncomfortable about it. Right. Because like I was telling him the other day, he'll help you. Because one of the things that I have to go through with my shamanism is I'm learning, you know, how to, you have to get stronger within that, within that ability of that invoking of the energy. And shamans kind of go through this area outside of spirit animals where spirit itself starts to go, ah, we see you now. And they will try to jump in and have conversations with you without necessarily warning. Mm -hmm. And that's not always a positive thing. You don't always have positive spirit out there trying to communicate. And so you need to be able to mature into strength of being able to know who you're talking to, who you're dealing with, who's, you know, as a power animal, you know, who's there to protect you. So you have that connection. You know who it is when they're there. But you also have the ability of going, not now. Because I have the worst problem with when I'm driving is when they decide they want to jump in. And I'm like, you can't be doing this shit now. I'm like, you got to freaking wait. I'm like, you can't be doing this. I mean, so I, I You get, don't know how to drive? Exactly. I get, I'll get, like, messages in my third eye and stuff. And, and I'm like, fine, we can have that conversation when I'm driving. But you can't be stepping in on me right now, you know, and freaking me out. And I can't, I can't pay attention to where I'm driving. I'm going to wreck the freaking car and get out. Mm-hmm. So, and it's important that you learn how to mature and strengthen yourself in this energy. Because... For me personally, for what I'm gonna, where I'm going with my shamanic journeying, I have to push myself to the limits of really being able to see how much of a merge, because there's such a thing as a semi-merge, and then there's a full-on merge, where you've really kind of stepped back and you're letting them just run everything. And you need to be able to understand the difference there, as well as, if you were incorrect, be able to go, I said, get out, and this is done. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you do that. You have anything to say about that? No, I agree. Okay. Then we have, I'm going to come back for shadow animals. I'm going to come back for journey animals. And I'm going to come back for imposter animals. But before I get into them, the other one that most people, at least shamans and my witchy people for witchcraft areas, they like to count, they like to call familiars part of this, you know, area of spirit guides and familiars i find it funny <laughs> i find like, it funny like because funny how like like a clown like they amuse you well no because they have a freaking attitude they're not there to necessarily help you they are incredibly neutral i mean there's you know witches will you, you hear it a lot of times especially ones who know what they're doing <laughs> will be like you know familiars not always so helpful because they they are neutral. They don't have a side. It really depends. It, it's like a friend, you know. You have that's what a familiar is. It's a friend, and do not get it mistaken again. If you have a cat as a pet, no, that is not your familiar. A familiar chooses you, just like a spirit guide does. If you went out and bought a cat, or you were given a cat, it's not your. It, it may have pick up on that spiritual energy, but it is not a familiar. A familiar familiar comes to you on its own free will. Uh, many of you had heard about me speak um, when, I, when I lived at the old house at the sanctuary. 
and I always called my cat, because it was a cat, um, little girl. I used to always call her little girl. She was a familiar, but it took us four years to get to where she was a full-on familiar. I mean, she was a stray cat that would come sit in my lap, you know, or I'd be doing my shamanic work in the sanctuary, and while I'm doing it, she'd come sit in my lap. She's choosing to help on her own free will, point blank. There's there's no push or shove in that friendship, that relationship. Anyway, familiars are considered a spiritual entity that appears in animal form, and it is there to f facilitate the communion of spirit and the human realm. It is the go-between. It's considered the actual definition of a familiar, so to speak. They are there to help you. They understand the common objectives, and they can assist in the plan of what those objectives are. But remember, they are neutral. You don't have any option, any choice as to if they choose to be helpful or not. I used to always talk about Yankee, too. Yankee was, was actually a pet that I did have. But Yankee would come in and took to that familiar personality because I, I did the rune cast for so long before I started getting into the astrology and before my spirit guidance started getting stronger to where I really turned it into the healing messages. And he would come up so many times and he would actually just start batting the runes away and he would actually do the rune cast for you all several, several times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't need to be here. Thanks. You know, my, um, have you ever had a familiar? No. I like that. I, I like familiars. I mean, but I think you may have without realizing that you have if you'd left, left them in your life enough. I'm just saying, considering you've been in the wilderness so much, you may have ones like, like a spirit guide that's coming to you in a form, all right, in a form that might be coming to you in the physical, perfect example that might be an idea, except for I'm talking about animals, is your your fascination with mushrooms because you haven't actually crossed over for it to be a guide yet. Mm. So it may be like a go-between right now until you make that connection. Could be. Anyway. Or it could just be uh, your a, fascination. a freak and obsessed with things that eat other things and <laughs> decay them. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe it's saying something twisted about my personality. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like you're a little bit sick. <laughs> Proud to be part of this rotting world. He's such a positive influence, let me just tell you. <laughs> anyway, so let me jump back into the uh, animal spirits. One of my favorite ones to talk about, because people misunderstand this all the time. Like I said, they, they'll, they, a, lot of, a lot of times, point blank, they don't give respect to what I call the shadow animal. And the shadow animal, I think, is like a spirit guide that kind of went wrong like you just would not freaking listen to it you would not have its messages you would not hear it you would not see it whether it came in the physical world or not because usually by the time it turns into a shadow guide it's usually starting to manifest into physical world um it's it like i said it's something that you're not listening to you you refuse to get it through your thick head and they come over and over and over and repeat themselves, and you're just not noticing it. I, I said before, I had a girlfriend who had um, ladybugs that was trying to give her some guidance. And 
I think she said she, she came to me out of nowhere and she was like, I don't know what the hell is up. She's like, you know, for like the last freaking week and a half, she was like, I just keep finding dead ladybugs. And I was like, oh, okay, because they're dead. And she's like, yeah, and like I keep finding little piles of, of ladybugs dead. And I was like, and are those piles growing bigger and bigger? And she's like, yes. She was like, it was like, you know, it started out just like one or two. She was like, and now I'm finding like 15, you know, in a, in a pile somewhere that's dying. And I was like, you need to go and read what that guidance is. I was like, what people don't understand is a shadow animal is there to help you get healing. It's trying to offer you the healing of what you're not getting when it was a spirit animal. When it was a guide trying to give you a life lesson. It has gotten to where the life lesson hasn't been learned. And now it's actually you need healing because you're refusing to take the lesson. And it will start out sometimes as repeating itself in meditations or a journeying. And eventually it will cross over into the physical world. This would be a good idea of like when you have the story of, or the idea of, wow, that bird just flew into my window. The animal has gotten to where it's sacrificing your, itself for you. It's come to you enough times that you aren't understanding. You're not being responsible to your soul, to yourself soulfully, or to spirit, when obviously you have some kind of synchronicity, some kind of connection going on, and you're being irresponsible to where it's no longer a guide. It's actually sacrificing yourself itself for you to help you get the healing that you refuse to give yourself. And I find that to be quite sad. Mm. That it has to sacrifice itself because you're too thick-headed. You know, and like I said, it's all about healing. The whole point of that is to bring healing. Now, a shadow animal does not mean that it has to be dark like shadow it may be a little bit dark like a shadow if you're seeing it in you know in in meditation or even if you see spirit and it's kind of in the corners of your eyes your peripherals because you're not seeing it dead on to a point and it might be a little bit grayish because it has gotten to where it's so sick it itself is sick because you aren't getting the medicine anymore. This is why it's a shadow. However, there is a difference in it. There is a there is a point to animals having their colors being black, white, gray, red, brown. Wolf is a perfect example of that. My wolf, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that, my wolf originally first came to me all entirely black. And for me, I mean, as you get to where you know your animals and stuff, you'll understand, like, my black wolf is not a shadow animal, but when my black wolf shows up, I know he's talking to me about the physical world. He's speaking about protection in the physical world. But when the wolf goes and turns white, I also know he's talking about valor now. The, the conversation has shifted according to the color of what is going on. So depending on what animal you're talking about, you may also realize that you're having that conversation. So don't get your colors of your animals confused with the fact that it could be a shadow animal. It may have nothing to do with that. Have you ever noticed that? I know <clears throat> very little about shadow animals. Uh, still little I feel inclined not to speak on the subject. Well, I know we had spoken a wee little bit about it the other day, but I wanted part of, I was trying to also make sure I was clearing myself up for what I, was, I had told you. Mm. 
in general. That's why I turned to you then. Now, you also have what is called a journey animal. Journey animals can be confused with a spirit guide animal because the thing here is a journey animal is going to be there until the journey is done. Point blank. The question is, what's the journey? It depends on what the journey is as to, this is what I was saying about wolf. My wolf is a journey animal. However, my journey is about my shamanism in his case. So as long as it's dealing with my shamanic work, he's going to be there like a spirit guide the whole time. But he will pop up when I need him for the lessons within the lesson I need within that journey. Now I have other ones that are just going to be there for whatever purpose and time period of that smaller journey. A journey animal is not going to stay with you. It's there for the journey of what is happening at that moment. And that's the only time it is going to come. Once that journey, that lesson is, is done, you know, this, this one portion of your life that you were going through, then you may never see that animal again. When you find yourself stuck in a fork in the road, you don't know the direction to take is when the journey animal usually arrives. It's when you need help deciding those life changes because that journey is shifting. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's under life's development is when the journey animal shows up. But for me, the journey animal is the wolf because it's all a piece of development for the skill I'm learning. Where my dragon is going to be there often. If, it, it can be very confusing. And this, I find that's why I want to tell you guys this stuff. And then I want you to understand when you do meditations and the difference between a guide versus a totem and a power animal and the fact that you're invoking it and you're going to learn to merge with it safely. You know, uh, this is why I, I want to pass out this information because it can be very confusing and people will as assume, you know, that, that that animal will be there for you. But if you've already learned the lesson, you're not really going to be able to call upon it. Unless it's, unless, and like you said, it goes right back to the fact that you don't choose them, they choose you. So if you think you need that guide and you're trying to call upon that guide for guidance, but that guide knows you don't need its guidance, it's not coming. End of discussion. You may think you need it, and this is how often you will find that you will gain so many more. Because I'm just using you as an example. Mm -hmm. You have had times where you've wanted the owl to come. Mm-hmm. And that bitch wouldn't come. Yep. She's telling you, you're calling on the wrong guy. There's somebody else that you're supposed to be hearing it from. But you haven't met him yet. Right. You haven't let him in. So eventually she may pop up and help you to a point. But her lessons may not be the lessons that will actually truly help you. And by her arriving, when she's not really got the right messages, she's actually going to be giving you the incorrect lesson. Right. So this is why she does not come. Mm -hmm. Perfect example. Now, um, there's also such things as imposter guides. And I think this is incredibly important. Because imposter animals usually show up in your journeying and your meditation. And usually it's because when you've tried to go into journeying, meditation and so forth and whatnot on that line, you're going in, you're going in to it, even though you might be going into it to try to get healing to try to get guidance 
The whole point is, is when you went in, most likely for that was you were trying to sit down and come to your own so that you could go into that meditation or you could go into that journey. An imposter animal is masquerading as an animal that can help you. However, it is not really fair. It is not meant to help you. It is meant to be something to tell you, oh no. It's there because you actually manifested it out of your own negativity. This is your own unconscious fear and negativity telling you this is not the right time for this. And what you're actually going to be doing is getting imposter animals that are going to give you the wrong information. So if you go in and you have animals or any guides really that are coming to you in a, in a way that feels discern discerning, you know, wrong, just bad, the gut feeling is telling you, I, I need to get out of this, then that's the most important thing that you should be doing is listening to the fact that that is an imposter animal masquerading as something that could be positive because it's not going to be. And the easiest way for you to also, if you keep finding that it happens, is you want to offer it healing. And if it won't accept your healing, you need to banish it. Because it's not, it's going to turn into something that's going to go way darker. What? Are we ready for astrology? No, you got more, uh, some more time. Yeah, it was the way you were looking at the thing, so I wasn't sure. Um, hey, I was looking at a different part of the screen. Okay. No, it was just your look on your face was like, you know what's going on, you know, basically. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I still know what's going on. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, you've had a long day. This has been a really long week in general. I mean, it has, and, and especially in, what is it, through the, I think the 16th and the 17th, we were picking up solar energies. It really wasn't a solar flare, and it really wasn't um, sunspots. But the energies was coming out strong enough, especially for super sensitive people, to be making it even more difficult. Because there are energies that come when the sun, more or less, has its own problems that we start to pick up on. And then I believe I was reading off of uh, NASA's information earlier today. I, was belie I, I believe I was hearing that in the next 48 hours we will be picking up another little push of that kind of energy, even though it's not enough to be, if I'm saying it right, a geomagnetic storm or solar flares or the sunspots, it's not really that strong or something that big of a deal that's going to usually throw that much energy at you, but you're super sensitive people, you're going to be feeling that in the next 24 hours, and you may have been feeling it in the last, not 24, the next 48 hours, and in the last 48 hours, so both directions, forward and backwards, you may have been feeling that energy. Because when the sun has its energy, it definitely will let you know all about it. But anyway, I mean, I wanted to make sure that, you know, you understand there are such things as imposter animals, you know, that can come up, up to you, especially in meditation and journeying and stuff. But you need to w be aware that your own unconscious energies manifesting your fears, your negativities, your angers into actual animal form and like i said it's most important that if you are feeling that discernment if you're feeling that this is just wrong this is bad this is a gut feeling then the best thing you can do is offer that animal healing and if that still doesn't work you need to banish it from your journeying and so forth because you're allowing that unconscious part of yourself to grow into something that's actually going to be way more harmful than helpful now, with that being said, 
I'm assuming it's time to start to jump back into astrology for the week. Uh, you had five more minutes. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? No, I'm good. Well, then, um, well, you know, I really, 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 I, I, can, I cannot put it out there enough before I jump into the astrology how much it is important for you to learn how to merge properly. If you have power animals and you have totem animals and you're trying to invoke with them, invoke them, you know, I would definitely tell you to go back in because they're the ones that are your guardian. They're the ones that are never going to go away. They're the ones that, you know, are, are part of your existence, but it's not necessarily lessons that they bring. They bring you the skills, the, the survival skills, the instinct skills, you know, just power in general skills. And they're there to help you while you're dealing and facing adversity. So it's a guardian that's there to help you as you move forward. But I cannot express enough how important it is for you to strengthen that connection and go back and, you know, actually don't take advantage of them. If you want to work with them and you want them to be able to help you and have a good relationship, well, you know, you have to be responsible to the relationship too. And that means you need to go into the journeying and the meditation and take the time to learn how to merge properly so that when it does happen, you actually have a clue what's happening and you're not you're not thrown off, you're not scared, and it doesn't happen in a bad way. And if it's a really bad time for it to happen, you know, like I was saying, when I'm driving down the road, you can kick them out. Because as you get closer to them, they do tend to go, well, let me jump in and help you out here. And sometimes it's your body. You've got to learn to be able to master and control what happens when spirit is dealing with you. If you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and jump into astrology. Okay. <laughs> so again, this is going to be the astrology from the 17th through the 24th. I was just speaking about how we do have a lot of solar activity that's going to be bringing out some more energy and sensitivity. Even maybe feeling a little bit of time lapses is what I am feel like I'm being told right now. And the next 48 hours, it may be showing itself. What kind of solar energy? I, it's too low to actually be. Are you looking it up? It's too low to actually be showing up as a sol, as a sunspot or as a solar flare. It's not strong enough. But I am being told that it will be there. Yeah, because the uh, the coronal hole passed us on the tenth. Yeah, and it took. And I was reading something about how it was taking. Some of that energy was coming up through taking for us to feel it it was also coming through the 16th and the 17th but there is going to be some more energy that you're going to be feeling is what i'm being told by spirit and it's going to be popping up not it's going to take at least 48 hours before it starts to show up for you to feel it i don't know if i don't know i just know what spirit's telling me so i'm, I'm passing that on point blank um, but with that being said as i get into 17th through the 24th of the uh astrology that of the energy that's coming in i want to go back and i want to remind everybody again venus is in shadow it's going to be in shadow until i think mid first or second week of october when it actually goes retrograde so your your sensitivities you're a little bit more sensitive to the touch right now you're a little bit more sensitive emotionally right now um 
your 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 charm and your wit of your communication may be a little bit darker right now mm. <laughs> because uh, Venus deals with how you communicate too. I mean that she she's the one who gives you the charm. So if she's in shadow, some of that dark energy might be coming out a little bit. But with that being said, there I'm still promising you some if if it, if it started happening already, then you already start to see. If not, there's still something between 6 and 8 years ago that might still be popping up if it has not already started. And it is there to help guide you through the mistakes that you may not have realized was a mistake at the time, but it just didn't pan out quite right. Whatever it was that took place that six to eight years ago that set you in a new direction. Something about that just didn't quite pan out the way you expected it to, you know, and with people, places, or things. It could be, you know, jobs. You might Something in your life took a shift in that time frame. And the energies that were taking a shift within that time frame, something about them is going to be returning from six to eight years ago. And it's not there for you to correct. It's not there for you to have a second chance with. If it's returning, it's returning to give you guidance of, Learn from my mistake of what you did here last time. Don't screw this up again by making the same mistake. Look at what what that energy or what that what that had to do with six to eight years ago versus what is going on now so that you can, you know, redirect yourself, re-steer yourself and not have it take you in a wrong direction again. And then when Venus goes retrograde. She'll just be inwardly communicating, but she won't have the negativity there with it. Now, with that being said, you have Mercury, which is going to be moving into Aquarius on Friday the 21st. Now, this can be a very powerful energy when Mercury finally moves into Aquarius because it's moving in where Mars is and where Lilith is. Ah, there it is. You found it? Uh, sun energy, yeah. It was bothering me i just found it on no, it's hand. all good it's all good like i said i just knew spirit was telling me you know that, that that's something there because all i keep seeing is that nothing's strong enough when i look it up but spirit's like i don't care what they say yeah and the uh, <coughs> going, uh starting at some point on the 17th the uh, uh the goes magneto uh magnetometers uh picked up a spike in the the magnetic, uh, what is it? The sudden geomagnetic impulses and geomagnetic storms pop, uh, jumped up from 50 to 150 nano uh, Teslas. So it's going to take a little bit longer for it to arrive here for that energy. Um, no, it, that's what it's getting here. Yeah. So on those days is what it was. It's. Well, uh, I had said on the on the 16th and the 17th, I believe that we were told we had some energy. It's starting to dis uh, dip back down and it's popping back up again. It's now back over uh, 100. And it looks like mm -hmm. the graph isn't 100%. Because I just knew I was data. being told 48 hours. And now it's oh, a new new sample just came in. It's back on the back on the decline. We're below 100. Okay. Like I so, said, all I know is, is when I get the guidance, I pass it out. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, that's just the way my mind works. <laughs> no, and I respect that. I mean, I respect that. I just, I don't always know what and where or how to find it or even to read it if I see it. So... I've, like I said, I've learned in my experience, depending on what guides I'm talking to, I can just trust them and go with it. Uh, solar energy is something that's fascinated me since 2011, so. Yeah, it's all good. I understand. 
We all have our quirks. Okay, jumping back into... Uh, is that a thing? Uh, is that some way of you trying to tell me to put my cork back in it? No, honey. You can <laughs> talk about whatever you want to talk. It's my ball. I can play with it now. You can have fun with it. <laughs> and he turned around to look and see if EK was in here, and he's not. So I think he was waiting for a smart-ass comment. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was just sitting there thinking to myself, he's really enjoying that pee. <laughs> yeah, he's been gone for a hot ass minute. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like whispering. He was like, I gotta leave. I gotta go to the bathroom. And he's never come back. Anyway. Okay, so Mercury is moving into Aquarius on the 21st, which is Friday. This is going to start to help that energy that is going on in Aquarius once Mercury moves in. Mercury is communication. And you have Mars in Aquarius with Lilith talking to the outer community right now. To your friends, your groups, your memberships. Also some of your goals and your dreams. But Mars with Lilith right now is kind of like great balls of fire in a forum. I mean, it's, it's your aggressive, passionate action and your sexual energy coming in your inner SWAT team and your warrior backed up with Lilith's fire of nobody's going to tell me what I can and can't do. And damn it, I'm going to do as I damn well please. But with Mercury coming in, it might make that conversation come a little bit more comfortable without it being such a intense slap coming out of people. Okay? So it should help in that area. But I've made a mistake because on the 20th, the day before, you have Vista moving in to Capricorn with Saturn. So Vista is your soul fire. It's the home and the hearth. And it's moving closer to those rules, walls, and boundaries of Saturn. And it's going to help Saturn decide what is best for the soul. So that's going to be a good area then like i said you've got mercury moving into aquarius with the other two you also have the fall equinox on the 22nd and if you follow me at all please take part and join in the global healing messages and you can uh, look that all up on my website ladystarsandfire.com because it takes place all day long and it works with angel numbers so it takes place throughout the whole world according to those angel numbers there is no time zones Again, please look that up if you'd like to take part of that. Take part in that Global Healing Messages on the Fall Equinox, and you can do it from your own home. Just look it up on ladystarsoffire.com. Now, also on the 22nd, the sun moves into Libra. Libra is a powerful force right now, but I will come back to that once I get a little bit further in the astrology. You have the full moon coming up next week, and it will be taking place as a void of course um, from Pisces to Aries. So it's ending, uh, it's ending like a cycle and beginning a new cycle. So it's going to be a good time within that full house for a release so that you can start moving forward. But it is going to be a releasing time as you end a cycle and begin a cycle in a form emotionally with the full moon. Pluto also does not go direct until the 30th of the month. And I'm going a little bit ahead because I want you to understand Pluto is death, decay, and destruction for rebirth, renewal, regeneration. Pluto in retrograde. All Pluto wants you to do is freaking fucking change. For crying out loud, would you just make the change that needs to be made? Pluto is, is, Pluto is always inward. It's the only planet that is always inward outside of the moon. 
So it's always inwardly trying to help you evolve. Basically, get rid of this, move forward with this. You know, let go of this and let that die. Now move forward and heal and, you know, move and, and rebirth. That is what Pluto is. Well, Pluto's been in retrograde. It's going to go direct on, the, on, on Sunday the 30th as we end the month. But this is the last, like, week Pluto has in retrograde to go, why aren't you getting this fucking memo? And this is when he slaps you upside the head with, hey, I said listen. Because when Pluto goes direct, Pluto will actually calm down instead of going forward. He's already in a he's already in an inward communication. He never comes out of inward. He just won't be as as much of a dick about it then. Basically, he's not going to take no for an answer this week. He's going to be pushing that information through and you're going to have no choice but to hear it most likely if there's things you're in denial about. Chiron on the 25th is moving back into Pisces. From Aries. So Chiron is the key here. Chiron will go back into Pisces from Aries. So it's coming out of the universal first house where it's been trying to move forward. But as it moves back into Pisces, it's going to be reevaluating everything that's happened since the eclipses in July. All of the retrogrades. Everything that you've been dealing with in the last little bit, when Chiron moves back into Pisces, is going back to that universal 12th house. It's going to be reevaluating this. It's going to be recalibrating who you are. So that when you move forward, you can actually truly finally start the real cycle. Even though the cycle is already starting, it's just going to go back and, you know, retweak some places. Now, you have the moon is going to be moving through Capricorn into Aquarius and then through Sagittarius this week. But like I said, we are being recalibrated in a form. And that recalibration is coming from that uh, Grand Cross that started last week. And actually, it's going to be here until the 26th. And that's some intense energies. It's full of tense energy. Excuse me. Um, it's the Grand Cross is Aquarius with Mars and Lilith. And like I said, come the end of the week, you'll have Mercury moving into this conversation in the outer community, dealing with your friends, your your friends, your groups, your memberships, your goals, your dreams. And it's not getting along with Venus. Your your soul lovers are not getting along. Basically, they are in shadow because Venus is in shadow and it's got Jupiter magnifying it. So Venus just wants to make things better, but she has no choice but to be oversensitive right now while Mars is extra aggressive right now. Okay, and this is also dealing with relationships and what they're responsible for. Anything you care about, you have a relationship with. So look at what it is that the responsibility is within that very relationship. Not just people. This also deals with places and things. I say a million times. If you have no money, you know about your relationship with that lack of no money. So whatever it is you care about, you have a relationship with. Now, these two are not getting along, like I said, but they are even more not getting along with Uranus and Taurus, which is your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem, your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom. So you may be feeling trapped, you may be feeling like you're pushed around because it's trying to really push you into standing up for yourself and in your authentic self. And the question is right now, you can, are, do you have balls enough to figure out who you are? Who you really, truly, authentically are? Do you have balls enough to step up and start being that person that you're supposed to be? 
because all of these are also communicating in a negative way with the North Node. If you do not learn these lessons right now, you are going to be having problems, especially as you start the new year when Chiron starts that new cycle. So, like I said, this is a calibration of cleaning out those lower negative energies inside of you, those egotistical energies, and trying to help your feminine and your masculine energy come into a more balanced nature. Now, with that being said, Chiron is in opposition with Sun and Mercury in Virgo. So, going right through this energy. So, Chiron, the wounded healer, is not necessarily getting along with your soulful illuminating shine and personal communication all right um your core energy is feeling threatened because you don't want to change and chiron is the wounded healer he's the gatekeeper of wholeness you have to make these changes you have to deal with these situations or you're going to be exactly where you've been and you're not going to be happy because you're not moving forward you gotta look at it this way health is wealth you can't have wealth if you're not healthy you can't have a healthy life that's going to be able to give you a wealthy life. You have to have health first. Health is wealth. Now, you have Chiron and Saturn. Chiron, Sun, and Mercury is also going to be T-squaring Saturn. So this is also speaking about the wounded healer not getting along with Sun, Sun and Mercury. This is speaking about your, your area of where you need to be in service to yourself as well as to others. Your, your daily activities, such as your jobs, your service in general, health and diet, but then it's also speaking to rules, walls, and boundaries, and what you soulfully need within them in that outer community. But on the flip side, the sun and Mercury are trining Mars and Lilith and Aquarius. So your soulful shine, your core energy, your illuminating communication with your, with that service of energy of who you are to service to yourself, service to health and wealth, service to um, the world in general, you know, and your, your jobly, job activity, so to speak, is getting along with Mars and Aquarius. So it's giving you that ability to be able to use that aggressive energy in a positive way that can work for you, basically, this week, if you use this energy properly. The North Node is getting along with Chiron, and so this is both of them are trying to help you move forward in a positive way before it starts to jump back into Pisces and Aries. Uranus, your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your... um freedom, your self-worth, your self-esteem is actually getting along with um, Saturn and Vista. So it's helping support those new rules, those new walls, and those boundaries by standing in your true power. But here is one of the keys. Libra is incredibly powerful right now, and most people are not going to see this. Libra has make-make in it, and it has Haumea in it. It also has Cirrus in it. Cirrus is um, it's your threefold theory. It is karma. It is nurturing. And the fact of it speaks to you of are you nurturing? Have you been nurtured? Or why aren't you? So it's going to also talk about um, abuse. Where has where the abuse taken place? Because it's where the, uh, the uh, negativities of the lack of nurturing has taken place. This is all taking place in your relationship house. 
So anything you care about, you have a relationship with. You also have, at the end of the week, you have, um, where is it? You have both, um, you have the sun moving into Libra, so your core is coming up. So this is helping you. Just remember, your whole idea of your relationships are about to shift and take a new idea as we approach the new year. And you're looking for what are the better relationships to have in your life. How much time do we have left? We're... It's time. Yes. So I need to tell you guys I love you, and we'll hear from you next week. Bye-bye, y'all. Come now, my darling, and step back in time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things, they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten.